Now, broadcasting on Radio Star Worldwide, it's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. Welcome, I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, prescription for your transformation, real people, real conversations, and real success. And of late, I've been pretty much talking with myself, this monologue, because I've, I've, I've um, embraced so many brilliant insights from so many brilliant people that I'm kind of, you know, talking their talk for you. And um, so I'm really excited to be here today. And one of my favorite things to uh, gripe about is, you know, technology. And I used to not ever, you know, believe in this whole Mars and retrograde, but everything this week, technology-wise, uh, well, hasn't been working, including today. So I really want to thank uh, Robin out there, my producer, and uh, Star Worldwide. Um, those guys are just so awesome and really appreciate um, having this space and this opportunity to share some insights that potentially could actually change your life dramatically. And it's the experience I get to have every single day. You know, in and, and my coaching process, it's the coolest thing. You know, I help somebody getting a different insight about something that's really blocked them uh, in their lives. And then to hear the joy and the excitement that they then then have when they have this new insight. And it's like, oh, my gosh, my life is just about to be different. But there is a problem with that, though, because oftentimes, you know, in this coaching world or you go to this amazing you know, healing event or you go to this you know, incredible profound you know personal development event and you have this amazing experience that that's so transformative and then after a couple of days a couple of weeks then you're kind of back to normal and so the question that we have to ask ourselves what happened i mean i'm at this event and everything just seemed absolutely perfectly clear and i knew what to do and now I'm back to where I was before. You know, what really happened? And so it's an interesting question to ask. And, and one of the cool things that I've learned over the years is the quality of life is really the quality of questions. You ask better questions, you get better answers. You ask shitty questions, lousy questions. You know, the, the common question that I get is, you know, why do I fail all the time? Or why can't I do this? Or why can't I lose weight? You know, the way our brain actually works is, is, is very digital. I mean, it's, it's one to the next to the next. I mean, yeah, there's some quantum leaps sideways, upwards and downwards for sure. And that's, that's called creativity, I guess. But the logical brain needs to have these very specific connections between things. And so what then happens is that you know, we, we develop this particular pattern of thinking that gets us stuck in where we are. And so the question then again is, what is it that we need to ask? Because if we get stuck in the sense of what's wrong with my life, right? So if I'm going to ask the question, you know, what's wrong 
why can't I lose the weight? My brain simplistically is simply going to answer that question. It's not going to go out there finding a different answer to the question that just asked. And that's what I mean. There's, there's a sequential step. There's sequences in the, in the thinking that we have. And so it's important to appreciate that. So asking the right question is quintessential to our success. There's so many things that, that are important to personal development, personal success. And what's, what's fascinating for me to see is that you see these individuals, you know, who have everything handed to them on a plate. It's sort of like they can't fail. They're smart. They're charismatic. They're educated. They got money. They got relationships. And they don't get anywhere. And then you have those people that you think to yourself, wow, I mean, how can this, pop, how can this person ever be successful? And a great example of that is Oprah Winfrey. If you if you hear her incredible story, you know what her background was. I mean, she was doomed to fail from the very even before she was born. So there's so many people Oprah out there that are incredibly successful. I, I love you know the story of Tony Robbins too. And if, you know this guy's amazing, and look at the the the, the people that he's transformed. He's transformed my life, or actually I've done the work, but. And that's a key point. You know, I've done the work. But he showed me the, the ways that that can happen, as many other people in my life have. You know, I have a coach, too. I got coached today. I had a challenge. And I, that's why I'm talking about the things that I'm talking about today. Because with all this insight, with all this knowledge, you know, with all this ambition, if you will, you know, what is it that really stops us from moving forward? When you have all those resources, when you have all those insights. You know, think about yourself in your life, listening in. You know, what's potentially something that's holding you back? Or what are the goals or the outcomes, what are the dreams that you have that you've been after for so many years and you just haven't accomplished? You know, what, what are you blaming for that? You know, what about 2019? No, let me rephrase that. What about 2018? What did you decide at the beginning of this year? And if you're really smart, before this year, so back in 2017, if you're really, you know, ahead of the game, you know, taking stock in where you are right now, have you accomplished what you set out to accomplish this year? And if not, why not? Why hasn't that happened? And how does it make you feel that you haven't achieved those goals, those outcomes? So it's about identity. The strongest force in human behavior psychology is your identity. Who am I? That's what fascinated me the very, very first time that I went to one of Tony Robbins' events. I just dove in completely. Who am I? I wanted to know who I was. You know, I was so blessed. I am so blessed. Growing up in all these different countries, seeing all these different cultures, and having, having incredible opportunities, speaking, you know, four languages, right, fluently, learning that. And then 17 years of academic training in medicine. And before that, going to some incredible schools. 
you know, I should have known everything. I knew a lot. But one thing I didn't know is who I was. Who am I? And I chose the path of medicine because it made a lot of sense to me. You know, I did one of those assessments. Or maybe because my parents said I needed to go to school. In fact, my story was, you know, I, I went to university when I was 17. And I wasn't ready. I was way too young. I was way too immature. And I, so I told my dad, look, I'm way too young for this. Right? I want to find out who I am. I didn't know I was saying that. But I probably said that, actually. Now that I think about it, I probably said that to my dad. And so I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to go to Singapore. You know, I wanted to go to the Far East. You know, my dad was a, a tremendous traveler. He traveled all over the world. Six months out of the year, he was gone. And so I had that bug. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to find out who I was. He wouldn't let me. I had to go to medical school, learn physics and chemistry and biology, all the basic stuff. We did do things differently and all. So the point I'm getting at is I, I went into this pattern Right? I went into this program, and, and I kind of uh, liken it to you know, going into this really long tunnel. You know, have you ever gone in those tunnels and you can barely see you know, the end of the tunnel, the light at the end? So I was in that tunnel for about 17 years. Med school, residency, fellowships. And, you know, at times I, I kind of you know, stepped out. I was like I... I went to a different dimension, but never really integrated it. I did a lot of things outside of medical school, but never really integrated it into my own personal development. It was almost like a separate world. So the point is, who are you? If you ask yourself right now, how do you identify yourself? And so this is fascinating. And, and the way we can start looking at it is this. Most people say, well, I'm a doctor. And I'm a lawyer, I'm a poet, and I'm a mom, I'm a dad. But the truth is you're a lot more than that. If you think of all your qualities, all your characteristics, all your talents, all these different things, they begin to define you. So where do we get to begin with this definition of self? So when we, there's an innate intelligence within us. It's no different than, you know, the birds that fly, you know, thousands of miles, you know, during winter to go to warmer climate. And it seems that they always find the right same place every single time. You know, birds know innately to fly. So what is that innateness within us? In my belief, that innate intelligence within us is very symbolic. It's the primitive brain that identifies and associates with symbolism. And that's where the work of archetypes comes in. Because the idea of archetypes, and, and there's so many variations of it, and so I'm not going to really go into the depths, but just to grasp that sense of what an archetype is. You know, there's an archetype of the king and the queen. There's an archetype of the lover. There's the archetype of the, the magician or the wizard. And then there's the archetype of the warrior. And so these are the four primary archetypes that we talk about. And so from a symbolic fashion, we associate so many different characteristics to these different parts. 
So the question is, have you ever thought yourself as a as a princess? You know, as a warrior? And what about the lover? And have all these different characteristics and qualities be immediately identified with that. But here's the thing. You know, if you're in a in a, in a loving state or in a, in a place of being loving, right? Maybe during int intimacy, you know, is that warrior really gonna be good archetype to be associated with in that moment? See, we're all of that at different times. So what about that time when you're you're being charitable? You know, when, when you're giving beyond yourself, helping the world. You know, that's the king, that's the queen. You know, that's that's our higher state, that's our higher higher beingness. And so the work of archetypes is, is absolutely essential. And it's something typically that you can't really um, you know uh, verbalize with clarity, but it's a sense that you have. And that's also some of the work that I get to experience. You know, wonderful gentleman out of Canada, Edwin Coppard. In fact, you know, I've had him on this platform before. And we do the archetype work. Every two weeks, I connect with him. And, and he helps to figure out where, where is the king right now? You know, where is that warrior? Where is that lover? So it's these associations. So that's, that's your inner voice telling you who you are. But let's go to that learned part. And that learned part, and those are the downloads. There's two parts to this. The downloads that you get, because pretty much until the age of about six or seven, all the experiences are just dumped into your brain, into your unconscious, really unfiltered, really unprocessed. Or in fact, it is partially processed, but the problem with the processing is that your immature brain hasn't figured out, you know, all the context, all the, the perspectives. It doesn't have a clear map of what things mean. And so the problem is, is that you have a vast number of experiences from the moment that you're born. In fact, even before you were born. And the one that I, that I always like to bring up is that, and this was interesting, it was kind of sort of like my um, epiphany, if you will is that in some of the work that I've done in the past, work what I mean, working with coaches, psychologists, or whomever, you know, mentors, healers, you know, the question was brought up, you know, the pain or the hurt instilled by my parents. And I thought, how is that even possible? I've got I have great parents. They never hurt me. Absolutely not. I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've got this amazing parent. What I didn't think of is that it's all the unintentional hurts. Just think of a baby, you know, three months old, very accustomed of getting food every time it cries. Great. Because it's crying because it's hungry. You know, it's time to be fed. You know, mom recognizes that and she's ready with a bottle or a breast, you know, to give the child the food. So what happens that time that she doesn't respond right away for whatever reason? Maybe somebody knocked on the door. She had to answer it. You're crying. She doesn't hear it. Right? And that's one of your first hurts. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, my, my um, survival is at stake. 
your brain isn't processing it specifically in those terms. But as a baby, you're not being fed and the pain associated with it is very traumatic. So think about all the other events that happen, even the ones that you remember, especially the ones you don't remember. Falling down the stairs, getting tripped. You know, I had an interesting trauma um, where I was, you know, half hanging off the bed, apparently. So these, these create an indelible impression on us that carries throughout our lives. And if you're not aware of them, they're going to show up. And so that's why it's so important to have the self-awareness. You know, there the um, there's three traits I think that that the best leaders have. I mean, there's a whole bunch of great you know attributes that leaders have, but one of them is you know self-awareness, being self-aware, being being actually aware of what's going on, how how you're showing up, what's my role in this, and then take responsibility for that role. What is my responsibility? So first, self-awareness and. How am I responsible for where I am today? You know, you don't like your life right now? Well, make different decisions. It's that simple. Now, the type of decision may not be that easy, and you may need all the help you need, you need to get to make the right decision. That's why you have a coach. I have a coach. Tremendous breakthrough today just in, in having a different perspective. You know, I was totally triggered. And having a totally perspective because I felt I had to violate my standards. And then when you get to reframe, when you get to see light things in a different light, whether I get to associate that with my past or not, it doesn't matter. But a lot of what does show up in our lives today is based on all these experiences, these learned experiences that we have from very, very early on. So then, besides those, those learned experiences that are dumped on us, what about the ones that we actively took part in? And so there's this acronym called PARB, P-A-R-B, not B, P-A-R-B. Just think about it, P-A-R-B. And always think of a square. In each corner, you have one of those letters, P to start off. And P is potential. So at some point, you think to yourself, or you're aware of yourself, I have a very specific potential. Maybe I have the potential of riding a bike. Great, right? I got two legs, two arms, right? I can, I can, I can see the structure of the bike. And then, then I take action, which is the A. So the A, and so you know, P is on the top left corner. Then you put A on the right top corner, and then I like do an arrow towards that. So you take action. All right, so I sit on the bike, you know, put my feet on the pedal, and then I tip over. That's the result. That's the R of PARP, result. So the result then leads to the final letter of the acronym, which is B, or belief, right? So what are beliefs? You get so many definitions from so many different people about what the belief is. My bottom line is belief is something that you think is true in life. That's what it is. That's all that it is. I mean, let's not get, you know, complicated about it. 
We all have beliefs about everything. And not having a belief about something is, is a belief in itself. I don't believe I have a belief on this. Okay, great. So by falling over, then I, I have a choice. I can believe that I can't ride a bike. Or I have the belief that, you know, um, you know, I can fall over easily if I don't move my feet. Right? Or I can have the belief that, well, I need some help. So depending on that belief, depending on the experimentation in the world around us, right, then we have a new potential. So if I then successfully get, you know, be able to ride the bike, then I have this belief that I can successfully ride the bike. And then that enhance that goes to my potential cycle. Okay, great. You know, what's my new potential? Maybe I can cycle all the way to Singapore, which was my plan, by the way, actually. You know, back in, was it 1980, I chose to um, um, establish a, uh, or, or, or plan a, uh, uh, a relay run all the way from Wales to uh, Italy. It took us 10 days to do that with about 30 runners. Oh, most awesome thing. Had so much fun. At one point, I was running barefoot. It was the funniest thing. Dumbest thing, too. Um, but after that, I had this potential that, wow, if I could do this running, then why not cycle all the way to Singapore? So the point that we have to appreciate, when we begin to ask ourselves, who are we? By asking the right kinds of questions and understanding where that comes from, the symbolism, right? Stuff that's on the unconscious mind, that innate intelligence within us, and then what's learned. Because at the end of the day, we will show up based on what our identity is. So if you find yourself that you're a successful singer, then great, awesome. You'll probably be very successful in the light of other people. And if not, if you're successful for yourself, then what else matters, really? When you don't think you're a good singer, right, then you're going to manifest that life in that way. So when people talk about genius, right? And according to Einstein, there's a genius within all of us. It's just a different genius. Everybody has that different genius within them. And the truth is, and when you talk to so many accomplished people, right? If they're honest with you, they'll say, yeah, I was lousy at this before I was even good at it. That requires work. So that identity, you can't just delude yourself and I'm a great pianist. No, on my, on my way to be a great pianist, it's something else. So wherever you are in the life, if you begin to identify yourself in a way that doesn't support you in the best possible way, then guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get very far. So identity is important. That identity also has an impact on our relationships. You know, what kind of partner are you? What kind of father are you? And what kind of mother are you? What kind of brother or sister are you? What kind of doctor are you? And then being smart and picking different qualities that you either feel that you have at the highest level or want to have more of. You know, let's call uh, great attributes of say like doctors. It's integrity, it's honesty. It's commitment, it's dedication, all these things, right? 
and so all these characteristics in, 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 in one respect, in my opinion, are things that we can constantly develop. And the truth is, it's, it's let's call it bad or good. You know, you're not good sometimes and bad the other. Your behavior might be. But as a person, it's, it's, it's not an on and off kind of switch. And that's the other part that's important to appreciate is that we are not our behaviors. And I think that really messes up all of us to one extent or another. If we identify ourselves with our behaviors, if we identify ourselves with our successes, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I have, you know, in coaching, um, now let me rephrase it, one of the many challenges that, that show up in the client that I coach is that they're associating with the failure of the business. Or they're associating with their failure you know, in the relationship, either with their partner or their kids. Now I'm a lousy parent. You know, I'm 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 bankrupt, so I'm a lousy business person. And even when you realize that some of the most successful people have been bankrupt over and over again, you know, that doesn't help. It's what you choose to stay stuck with that makes the difference. And so that's the coolest thing about the coaching that we get to do is we help people reframe what the truth is. Because ultimately the brain is going to make three decisions. I call it four. But the first decision is what is it then going to focus on? You know, in any kind of business, you know, let's say, um, you know, I'm focusing on my team, my staff, or maybe I'm focusing on the marketing. You know, maybe I'm focusing on the product, or maybe I'm focusing on the economy. And all of the, these things could explain, you know, why the business failed. So that's where we have to take that responsibility of ourselves and ask ourselves, what is my role? Now, if my role was, you know, I'm a shitty, you know, uh, a business person or, or, or manager, and that's why it failed. Or my value, even worse, my value in life is is now lost because my business failed. You know, then it's going to be a problem. If your identity is associated as, as you have to compare yourself with everyone else in the world, I'm a failure if my business failed. Then that's going to be a challenge. And there's no way to soften it up by just saying, oh, you know what, it just happens. That doesn't work. You've got to do the cognitive work. You've got to figure out, okay, what am I focusing on? What's really true about this? And then you can also ask, you know, what's great about this? You know, that one I learned from Tony Robbins too. And it took me a long time to really appreciate it. It's like, you know, I, I hated a certain meaning that of, on, on something. And I really had no desire to change the meaning. This is just a shitty meaning. Come on, let's be honest. When you can find the greatness in that, when you can find the lesson, the learning, as painful as it is, and that is another choice, by the way. That's another identity as well, is suffering. You know, pain is inevitable. You know, life is going to throw you all sorts of crazy curveballs. It's a, it's, it's a matter of how you're choosing to approach it. You know, what, what, is, what is the focus on in that case? That's called learned optimism, by the way. 
right? Versus learned helplessness. And I think I explained an experiment done very ethically with dogs, whereby they put two dogs in two separate rooms and there was a device that gave them a little jolt. And so the one dog um, was learned how to turn off those jolts, whereas the other one, the jolts were really all at random. And in fact, the, the jolts would stop when the other dog would, um, uh, would stop it. So what would happen is the one dog understood how they could stop the pain, whereas the other dog could not. Now, what was interesting is then they, they removed the dogs, put them in a different environment and a different stimulus, completely different stimulus. So both dogs could learn a new pattern. So the one dog that had learned to remove the pain quickly understood, you know, this new, new experiment and very quickly was able to stop the pain. Whereas the other dog had learned in the previous experiment, the, the uh, prior experiment, that whatever it did didn't make a difference. And so in this new room, this new space, it just stayed in the corner and stayed, you know, and, and had this what's called learned helplessness. And a lot of people are there. Again, because it's how they choose to identify themselves. A lot of this has to do with conditioning. A lot has to do with what we're constantly being told from from the young age. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. You're not smart enough. You don't belong there. All these things. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what are those, what is that condition that you got? And, and trust me, I mean, it's my belief that all behavior is motivated by positive intent. What that means is, is that with the learned beliefs that we have, and the values and the perspectives of the world around us, we're trying to create the best environment for ourselves. So behavior is, is, is designed or designated to uh, do the best that we know that we can have. Let me rephrase that. We do the best we can with the resources that we have. And so if we don't know any better, right, then we don't. So whatever it is that we know in our behavioral armamentarium, that's exactly what we're going to do. So when you don't have that the ability to find better resources, then you're going to be stuck. And, and that's what oftentimes the, where the conditioning comes from the people that are giving it to us. You know, there's an easy one. Um, it's the one where People put down other people where they criticize other people. They do that because they feel small. And there's a reason for that. Okay. They feel insignificant. By making other people wrong, then they could be more significant. And then at the end of the day, if you're the one on the receiving end, then you feel really insignificant. And that carries throughout life. You know, it, it's... Um, fascinating how we mess up in, on, on interpreting the truth about the world around us. You know, I can remember a time when, um, you know, I was just in, in an airport and, um, you know, I would walk by people and I would just say hello to them. And sometimes, you know, they would just totally ignore me. I says, wow, that's not nice. 
and I felt well, that one person must be in a bad mood or you know they're not a nice person or you know I think of a whole bunch of things until I realized you know I had my you know earphones on of course they thought I was talking to somebody else so again what is it that I focus on what's the meaning that we give something and the truth is again you know, how can we give a better meaning to the current situation yes emotions get in the way we get triggered it's like holy crap you know what i'm taking this personally that was my trigger today by the way taking this totally personally you know it's all about me you know when my coach helped me refocus okay you know let's approach this with some empathy let's approach this with exploration let's explore this what's really true here you know find out you know what's that alignment you know with this other person understanding them we all want to be understood we you know we, we all deserve to be understood the way no let me rephrase that we should all understand others the way that we wish to be understood you know people talk about treat others like you want to be treated yourself well that doesn't work seriously right but understanding that's different understand others like you would like to be understood you know, respect others like you would like to be respected that's for sure so treating others it's different some people just have different styles and so that's just kind of too superficial too easy so getting back to perception Right, focus and meaning. You know, what is it that, that I get then get to do? So this is all about the relationships that we have with the things around us and with people. Identity. What's that relationship? Now the identity is also related to our achievements. What is it that we're doing? What is it that we've achieved? You know, have I reached that standard? Right? What is that standard? You know, if we compare ourselves to everyone else and, and realize, no, we haven't met that standard, or yes, you know, we're better than them. If I'm better than you, then how does that make you feel? And is that true? And is, is the inside voice really saying, you know what? You really mean something else. So listening to that inner voice, listening to that innate intelligence within us that tells us what's true. The archetypes. What's underneath all the learned conditioning, the identity? So then finally, it's the future. What's our identity with the future? Can we make it? Can we do this? Can we think big? In coaching again, you know, it's fascinating when we're working on goal setting. And I can hear it in their voice that they're never going to make it. Because they've already accepted the fact that because they failed in the past, they're not going to make it in the future. And so we have to do that switch. We have to do that reframe. And what was it in the past that prevented you? What are the resources and the resourcefulness that you can tap into today to get the outcomes tomorrow? You know, there is, you know, we can get focused on many of the truisms in the world and and, and yes, that's part of the solution. 
you know, it's, it's all about our psychology, to be truthful. We've got a great psychology if you're optimistic. Look, the bottom line is you have the optimists and the pessimists in the world. You know, and, and the optimist is not that person that says, oh, I'm positive, I'm positive, positive. No, an optimist realizes, look, there's opportunity with every challenge, with every tribulation, every block. He sees the world as opportunities, as solutions. That's an optimist. You know, the pessimist is a person that sees that's cynical, that sees everything that's wrong. Everything is wrong in life is available, and so is everything that's right. Another Tony quote, Tony Robbins. And it's so true. And when you're able to, to see both sides, when you have flexibility and choice, then there's a lot more opportunity waiting for you. And so in the future, if you just look at it from the perspective of there's an opportunity, let me create that space. Let me open the space. Let me empty my cup, so to speak. Now, let me rephrase that. Let me empty the closet full of, you know, old clothes that I no longer need. And let me dress up in a way that that really presents itself in the most magnificent way so that I can be successful. You know, empty that closet. Get rid of the baggage. Get rid of the noise. The monologue that's in your head that says, I can't, I can't, I can't. And start looking at, okay, how can I make this happen? How fast can I make this happen? You know, what's the amazing psychology and resources that I can tap into to create the success on my time frame? And as one of the saying goes, you know, just because it didn't work in the past doesn't mean it's going to not work in the future. Just because it worked in the, in the past doesn't mean it's going to work in the future too. I mean, we constantly have to evaluate where we are. You know, guided missiles, airplanes, ships, you know, in the ocean. They're always off, they're off target more than they're on target. They're constantly reprogramming themselves, taking in the data, taking the information. How did I adjust my target? You know, there's the, the great Chinese saying, you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts off with the first step. Brilliant. I got it, right? But most people don't get and realize is that that step is two millimeters off. Well, guess what? After a thousand miles, you're a thousand miles off. And so not that you're going to get that exact placement. There again, people want everything too perfect. It's not going to work. You know, perfection is just an, an illusion. Right? Don't even talk about perfectly imperfect. I don't like that either. You, you do the best you can and you reevaluate. Same thing with your identity. You know, Michelangelo wasn't as great as he was until he did all the work. And then this genius came out because he did all the work. Years and years and years of dedication. And that's with every really successful person. Yeah, of course. You know what? They've got some innate talents that you might not have. Awesome. Great. It doesn't mean that, that you can't win at something. 
you know, the, the, the great things, and I forget the, the athlete who said this, but you know, failure is because I'm so successful. I failed more often than I've succeeded. Babe Ruth is an example of that too. You know, the Hall of Fame, but he had also most of the strikeouts. Being able to sit in failure and still succeed. You know, what is that identity then? Not identifying with failure, but identifying, identifying with the greatness within you. That's how I start my coaching calls, all my clients. Tell me first what's great about you. Now they get all grumpy. Oh, I don't know. Well, find out what's great in you. Because you know there's greatness inside of you. And that's also your identity. So why not focus on all the great things? And that's not being delusional. Again, it comes down to the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle. Italian scholar, I think he's an economist or mathematician, who realized, you know, as he studied the, the economics of, of a community, that 20% of the community had 80% of the wealth. It happens in every system, in every business, in every effort that you do, activity that you do. 20% of your dedicated activity or 20% of a business it accounts for 80% of the results. You know, the, the whole concept of, you know what? If you're in a business, you know, learn all the parts of the business. And the ones you're weakest at, work on those the most. Well, there's a lot of reasons why you're weak at something. There's a lot of reasons why you're resistant to be good at something. Maybe that's just not in your natural flow. It's not your natural talent. You know, every business needs different components of talent. It's a creative part. It's the, the detail part. It's the management part. It's the charismatic part. These are the four poles, right, based on the work of I Ching. Different dimensions. They have different aspects and qualities and attributes and potential. You know, that person that's behind the desk who's great at accounting is probably not going to be great at customer service. It's just not their flow. It's not their identity either. So let's be honest with ourselves and find out, okay, where's our strength and really focus on the same thing with kids. You know, how many people do you know that they're in a profession and they're miserable and they keep on looking somewhere else and, you know, I wish I would did that. And I know, you know, professionals who've been in the profession for 20, 30 years and they're doing something entirely different. See, I was fortunate. I was lucky. I don't know why I was that lucky, but by the age of 21, I mapped out my whole entire life. And I knew that I wasn't just going to be a plastic surgeon. I knew that I wasn't always going to do that. It's because I had so many other interests. You know, I wanted to do different things. And so I mapped out my life. And that's why I do what I do today. I have my own radio show. It has nothing to do with plastic surgery. It has nothing really to do with medicine. And I'm a coach. Training with one of the top corporations in the world. Amazing. I got some incredible insights. And now I do stem cell surgeries. Wow. I mean, who, who would think? I mean, being a coach, being a plastic surgeon, now I do stem cell surgeries. And that's not to say that I do integrated energy work, energy healing, work in that metaphysical space. But that was all by design. So I was lucky that way that I knew where I was going to go. Didn't know specifically it was going to be stem cells or coaching or something like that. But everything just fell into place. But so many people, dramatic shifts. 
from being an attorney to now being an artist or, or being a, a top executive and now becoming a shaman. And yeah, sure, you can say out there, yeah, well, my identity shifted. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you decided that you know, your, your mission up to that point is accomplished. Okay, great. But the truth is, I think so many people went into professions because they were told that they had to. They were obligated by their families, by their parents, all these things. So to a point, that's going to help. You know, they push you to go to school. And my parents did, both my brothers. You know, they one's a doctor and one's an engineer. You know, we were kind of pushed. We didn't have a choice. <clears throat> that was paternal and maternal discipline, right? So sometimes those that conditioning works. Sometimes... Our parents know better than us. But the truth is, is that they learned from a man that was 20 or 30 years before you were born, even more than that. And so their map isn't relevant today, just as much as my map that I learned from isn't so relevant to my kids today. And so I'm constantly checking in with them. Okay, what's the map that we're going to use? And where are we going to go with this? And so the final thing is this need for certainty. This need that we know how things are going to be. Because that's also part of our identity. And we fight very firmly for that certainty. Because without that certainty, then we don't know what's going to happen next. And so it's important to have that. It's important to have standards. And not just to stay in this level of comfort, because you need that certainty. It's still realizing that things can get better. You know, innate within us. You know, as, as Maxwell Maltz said, you know, man by nature is goal is a goal striving being and without that you know our life doesn't really become meaningful so identity is associated with meaning we are creatures of meaning and so that's also where that certainty comes in what's that mission in life who are we as we relate to others who are we as we relate to nature? Who are we as we relate to our future, to our achievements, to certainty? And getting out of the comfort zone and realizing, you know what? Life is better. Let me grow. Let me experience progress. All important elements in all that we do. Because by staying in comfort, it's like crack. You get addicted to it, then life happens it gives you a side swipe and everything falls apart. And then you scramble to get back to the status quo. And if that's what life is, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, never really getting any better, it's not much of a life. And your inner voice will tell you that. Your inner voice will say, look, there's got to be more. What am I missing out on? And it really comes down to if I'm missing out on life, 
It's because of that conditioning that's told me that I'm not allowed to have more or I'm not more. And I'm telling you, you are so much more. There's 20 times more within us that we realize that we have. And so with all those brilliant people out there, coaches like myself, that help you tap into that authentic genius that's inside of you so that you can live the life that you desire. And my purpose in life is to help people dream again, as well as create, tap into that collective wisdom and establish a, pace, a space of what I call generative collaboration. So I want to thank you for listening to my monologue tonight about identity. Nothing changes unless your identity changes. And ask yourself, who am I? Who am I really? Who am I supposed to become? Who do I want to become? And hell on earth if I ever were to meet the man that I was meant to be. So once again, I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, prescription for your transformation. Real people, real conversations, and real success. And I will be back next week. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Barton Rademacher live right here on Radio Star Worldwide each week or on demand 24-7. 